0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, and wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I uh, wish you God's grace and God's goodness, God's life today. Um, Now, I need to say a couple of things as we begin today. First of all, November 3rd is a special day for me because it is the day Uh, Renee gave birth to our last two kids. So our twins, Aileen and Thaddeus, turned 18 today. And uh, and so at the end, you may hear me uh, invite St. Helen and St. Jude Thaddeus to pray for us. Well, because that's their patrons. And it's also a feast day today. It is the feast of Saint Martin de Porres, and so we're going to talk a little bit about Martin at the end too, and invite him to pray for us. And the third thing I have to tell you is, we have a guest today. It's been a while since I've had a guest—way too long, to be honest with you. And this is our first, our first three-time guest on the podcast. We welcome back Karen Hennings. For those who are not familiar with Karen, I'm going to pass the mic over to her. Karen, tell us a little bit about yourselves, and welcome to the Cup of Joe podcast.
1: Well, thanks for that warm welcome, Joe. I I have been involved in music, I think, since I was in the third grade. I've always sung in a choir, and I am actually had been the choir director here for, oh gosh, probably 25 years or more. I still belong and love to sing. It, it just... Oh God, gosh! It, it puts me in in a great mood anytime I have the opportunity, and I love to be able to share that with with um, my parish community. I guess that's enough for today.
0: I will say this: so we had a wedding this last Saturday, and uh, and for uh, well, we'll just say Karen was busy and caught up in work outside in her home and may not have been there at the beginning of the wedding. And uh, she was uh, cantering for us, and it was so wonderful. And we got to the Alleluia, and I took a big breath, uh, ready to lead the Alleluia from up where I was up front. And all of a sudden, I hear this angelic voice up in the choir loft, uh, lead the Alleluia and take it away. And I'm like, oh, how wonderful, Karen's here. And it was just so great. So I hope if you are out there listening and you were at the wedding, you know what a blessing she is, and and uh, if you are from Saints Peter and Paul, you've heard her, her sing and lead us in song for years and years, and and what a gift, and uh, and not only does she have a gift in song, she has a gift uh, in just um, a love for God and a love for Scripture, and she's been a woman on fire these last few years, and so I am grateful for her being present here today. And we were just chatting this morning and she talked about how this gospel today really uh, struck her. And uh, hey, w- funny, I've got a podcast and we're going to read the gospel. And so here we are. So let's proclaim the gospel. Okay, let's uh, let's share it. And then I'm going to hand the microphone over to Karen to share what uh, the Spirit was, was doing with her this morning with this gospel today, okay? So we're going to jump back to Luke. You know, we've been, uh, we were at Matthew two days ago, Feast of All Saints. We were at John yesterday, Feast of All Souls. But we're back on uh, moving through Luke. So today is Luke 14, verses 25 to 33. All right, 25 to 33, if you wish to follow along. Let's break open God's word together today. We're reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king... Marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully pose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he was still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, every one of you who does not renounce all their possessions cannot be my disciple. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Karen was teasing me this morning and, uh, and saying, oftentimes after these gospels, I look at them and say, this is such good news, brothers and sisters, because we know that's what the gospel means. Now, this one's kind of hard news. This is a gospel that really is kind of challenging us um, and our motivation, and what's going on under the surface, of of why we're here and what sustains us in our faith, and that can be difficult. But uh, with that, I'm going to pass the microphone over to Karen. And uh, again, Karen, so grateful you're here. And tell us what uh, what's going on within you, and what uh, do you want to share with us about today's
1: gospel reading. Okay. Well, you know, the first paragraph or the first few lines was, if you don't hate all of your friends, including yourself, then then don't even think of following me. And I thought, wow, isn't the family one of the most important things in our lives? Um, and then it went on to say, unless you calculate and lay your foundation. And then I started to think, okay we need to be ready to follow him and that's what he's asking us he's ask, asking us to let go of other things figure out what you have to do lay that foundation you know learn what i'm about and then you can be my disciple and 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 then when they talked about the king who who in their right mind an army of 10,000 would go and fight 20,000, right? No, instead, he's calculated, he's thought it through, he's going to ask for peace. So we need to ask for peace, we need to let go of the hate we have of ourselves, just let go of that, and follow, be his disciple, ask for his peace. That's, that's where that led me today. And, and, as much as it didn't feel real strong this morning, the more I'm thinking about it, and now that I get a chance to talk about it, I feel it even more. Um, renounce your possessions. Just forget about them. Forget about them. Know you're ready, and go follow. So I want to pick up on,
0: on what you were saying, because it's so beautiful and and, and so... I think it's so spot on because I think we can get caught up in this because you're right. That first paragraph is striking for Jesus to use the word hate. If anyone comes to me without hating their mother, father, you know, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, even their own life, they cannot be my disciple. But yet, even at the end here, and I wish I, I, I would have written down your quote, you know, you talk about the the peace, uh, that we have to sue for, you know, the, the king marching on with 10,000 versus 20,000 would send a delegation asking for peace terms and that we have to be for, you know, at peace and, and let go of this hate of ourselves. You know, in, in interestingly, in contrast to that first paragraph that Jesus is talking about. And, and I, I, I love that image because you talk about renouncing possessions, Karen. And some of those things that we carry with us, those possessions, are those negative voices we hear in our own heads. Those things that say, Joe, you always do this wrong, or Karen, you always do this wrong, or, or let's say when I you know, make a poor statement or make a bad judgment or make a poor decision or, 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 um, or, or fail to follow through on something I've said or, or whatever it is. I mean, that's legion, all these things that are in there. That that's part of what I have to renounce, is those negative voices in my head that say, Joe, this is the box that you are in. And instead, allow God to come in and, uh, and, and that peace which only which surpasses understanding, that only God can give, can kind of be part of, of that foundation. Because otherwise, maybe I'm doing all these other things, trying to love all these other people, but really doing it out of selfish motivations for things that I'm trying to outrun in my own head or in my own life or whatever. And God's saying, no, no, just come to the end of yourself. Let go of all that stuff because only then can you be free enough to say yes to what I'm inviting you to. Karen, anything to comment on that or any other, other things you want to go? How
1: about just amen? <laughs> How about just amen? <laughs>
0: um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple other things. I, 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 I'm so grateful. Um, again, I just, I just love the gospel because there's layer upon layer of things. You know, the first line says, Great crowds were traveling with Jesus. And he turned and addressed them. So here's the image I get. Now, this isn't necessarily what Luke was trying to say, but it's the image that came to, to me this morning as I was pondering and praying this gospel. And I think of, you know, so many people were behind Jesus and they were like, yeah, this is the guy and we want to be part of him. And so he's like, I'm going to stop you right here, people. Because if we're going to be... Um, followers not not necessarily he wouldn't say of himself but if we are going to give ourselves over to the kingdom of god how about i say it that way it's not an easy task it's not one that great crowds are going to want to be a part of and i think of you know i mentioned constantine the other day uh in the edict of milan you know the church was underground right for centuries because it was persecuted And the Edict of Milan came in 313, which allowed the church to go above ground for the first time. And what happened in the Roman Empire at that time is all, even though Constantine didn't become a Christian until his deathbed, people could see and were trying to judge politically which way the winds were blowing. And they joined the church, not because they were sold out for Christ, not because they wanted to renounce who they were or renounce all these other things and be a follower, but because they thought it would gain them political traction with Constantine in his court. And so all of a sudden, great crowds were following Jesus, were following, you know, because why? Because it could gain them something in the eyes of Constantine or the Roman emperors that followed him. And the church went from being on the bottom to the top. And I think we lose all of these things that Jesus is saying to us here today, which he's saying, listen, I don't think he's saying that we're supposed to go home and say, listen, I hate you, spouse of mine. I, I hate you, children of mine. That would be awful. I think that would be reading this incorrectly. But I think it goes back to Karen's point earlier, which really says this. What is what is the driving force in your life? And And listen, this is a question I ask myself too. So this is not a finger pointed at you. This is a finger pointed back at me. What is the driving force within your life my life? What is that around which we revolve? And I think Jesus is saying, listen, even if it's your spouse, even if it's your children, even if it's your parents, even if it's your friends, as good as those things are, you're revolving around the wrong thing. Everything needs to revolve around who God is, and then, then, all these other things are going to come. You know, when I, again, when I was pondering it this morning, Matthew chapter 6 came to me, and that's Sermon on the Mount, right? And, and Jesus is talking about our anxieties. You, can any one of you, uh, by worrying at a single moment in your li- life, why are you anxious about clothes? You know, and he says, look at the flowers of the field, even Solomon and all his splendor didn't look that good, you know? And, and, and some of you worry about what are we to eat or what are we to drink or what are we to wear. He says the pagans run around worrying about that. He says you, you who are followers, seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. And then all these other things, they're going to be given to you besides. I think that's what Jesus is inviting us to. Seek first my authority in your life. And I use that term in the best sense of it. My love, my centrality, my mercy, my goodness, my essence. Seek first that. And all this other stuff. The 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 spouses, the kids, the the parents, the the life, the job, the wealth, the the you know, what health, what all all this other stuff, that's going to fall into place. The puzzle will come together. But if you seek other things first, that puzzle. Is not gonna fit. Karen, I'm gonna pass it over to you. Thoughts on any of that or what, what's going on in your head?
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I think we have to lay that foundation. We've got to we've got to know what scripture is. We don't have to understand it necessarily, but we have to know what it is. We have to know that God is out there waiting for us, just waiting for us to to answer his call. And when that foundation is laid, we can be ready, you know? And maybe maybe it's just a matter of, of picking up your Bible and starting to read it. I mean, we have to start somewhere, um, but it's, it's that foundation that, that we all have. Most of us are baptized. That's the foundation. That's all we really need. We don't need more than that. We can find the rest of that on our own if we need to, but hopefully we've had people through our lives that, that helped lead us through that. So, yeah.
0: Love that image of baptism and that foundation, because, again, that's what it, it talks about in the gospel. Otherwise, after laying the foundation and find we're unable to, to finish the work, you know, the foundation has been laid for us in Christ. We are baptized. We are immersed there. How do we build on that? Last thing I'll say before I talk about Martin Deporis here. I love, well, maybe that's too strong of a word. I'm challenged. By the, the word where Jesus says, whoever does not carry their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know, and that's similar, I think, to when Jesus talks about the yoke that we have to wear. That, that there's a, a yoke that, that he fits just exactly for us, that's perfect for us. And I think that's what he's talking about in, in your cross versus my cross versus Karen's cross versus whoever's cross. Brothers and sisters, I think that cross is part of us embracing who we are and how we are made. You know, I I used this term a few weeks ago, and I love this term, and it's not mine. It came from a a clergy gathering up uh, at the Diocese of Green Bay, but you know, like today, we're going to talk about St. Martin de Porres, and we talked about all souls and all saints earlier, and we talked about, you know, all these other saints before, but he says the person that that said this, said, the saints are are to be admired and not imitated. Why? Because if we imitate them, we try to become them, and we're not embracing the cross that is us. That unique way that God made you and I and invites us to be in this world. And there was, uh, as I was doing a little background research for today, there's a story, and I don't know if this is apocryphal or if it's, if it's true, but a rabbi was asked what question he most feared when he stood before God at the judgment, and the rabbi answered, God would say to him or ask him, why didn't you become you? Isn't that great? Why didn't you become you? And I think that's what, what Jesus is inviting us to be today, He's saying, listen, we're not invited to be St. Teresa of Avila, or we're not invited to be Martin de Poors, both who are unbelievably good, unbelievably good. And I praise and thank God for them carrying their cross and becoming who they were um, fully. But we don't need another Martin de Poors today on, on November the 3rd of 2021, but we do need a Karen Hennings. And we do need a Joe Zank, and we do need whoever it is, and how can we embrace that fully? And 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 not just embrace it halfway, because that's the foundation that's laid that, that people look at and say, well, they didn't go all the way in being who they were. Or or, you know, uh, they, they, they just couldn't follow through. Our God invites us to embrace fully who we are, and who we are at our essence is Him. But we've been made uniquely in order to carry those gifts. Before I talk Martin de Porres, Karen, anything you want to add? Oh, I got the head shake. So Martin de Porres, let's talk about him. Again, to be admired, not imitated. So what, you know, how he made his decisions, maybe give us courage to, to make some of our own decisions today. So Martin de Porres was born back in uh, 1579, so late 16th century. And he was born uh, in, in Lima, Peru, of a, a Spanish knight, a Spanish royalty, anyway, who was over there, um, uh, obviously had not been there long, and a, a black freed slave, a woman, who was originally from Panama and, and had been enslaved and taken down to Peru to Lima, which was one of those um, kind of hotbeds uh, in the in South America for where the slave trade took place, and. Um, so he was a, a young black man who the father, for the first eight years of his life, wouldn't claim. And finally, when he did claim him at the age of eight, shortly after that, uh, he and his mother, uh, Martin DePore's mother, had a, a daughter, and then the father left the the scene entirely. So Martin was brought up in poverty. That's, that's what he knew. And at the age of 12, his mother... Um, had him become an apprentice for a barber and a, a medical doctor. And so what Martin knew to do was he knew how to cut hair and he knew how to draw blood and bandage up people and, and care for them medically. And, uh, and again, he lived in this abject poverty of, of Lima, Peru uh, during this late 16th and, and then going into the early 17th century. And eventually he joined the Dominicans, but he told them, he said, I'm not worthy to be even a lay brother, much less a priest or or a a religious brother. So allow me to be a lay person within your order. And so that's what they did. The Dominicans took him in for the first nine years. But after seeing his charity, after seeing his compassion, after seeing his goodness and his faithfulness, after seeing, you know, just the the humility with which he worked, they invited him to be a, a religious brother. And he spent the rest of his life doing that and just caring for the poor of Lima and starting an orphanage and collecting money for dowries for women so they could get married uh, and not be single or have to, to you know, uh, end up on the streets for whatever reason or, or could enter a convent if they wished to. Um, he, uh, they, at one point, the Dominican order of which he was a part was also um, basically bankrupt and he even went up to them and said, hey, uh, and these are his words, I am a mulatto man. Sell me, sell me for money. Now, they didn't do that, but amazing, isn't it? That humility that he had was such that even people within his religious orders, the priest came to him as spiritual director, and uh, people just knew within his existence Uh, of his holiness. And one of his best friends was another Dominican by the name of Rose. And uh, and we call her Saint Rose of Lima now. And so amazing uh, what their conversations had to be like. How how incredible. Karen, before we pray, any uh, final thoughts you want to share today?
1: Only... Um, not a thought on the gospel, but a thought on the rosary we're going to pray. Um, if if I can, I would like to sing the last Hail Mary and Glory Be, if if that would be okay.
0: So let it be written, so let it be done. And, uh, and so, my friends, again, Karen, I thank you for being part of this podcast today. I thank you, my friends, for listening. So let's bring whatever's going on within us um, today, whether it's through this gospel, whether it's just through life, and let's lift it up uh, to the one who knows exactly what we need and knows how we are made. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third luminous mystery, the proclamation of the gospel. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, forever and ever shall be.
0: And now it's my turn to say amen, amen. St. Martin de Porres, pray for us. And St. Helen and St. Jude Thaddeus, pray for us. Karen, thank you for being present and bringing your gifts and your passion and your life with you here today. Bless you all, my friends. Have a wonderful Wednesday. And I look forward to us being back together again tomorrow and breaking open more of God's word. God's peace.